1: It's the first day of February of 2024. Good morning, everybody. I'm Michelle Martin. This is Market View, Asia-Pacific market's trading mix this morning. Joining me as we break down all the market action. Wasn't yesterday fun at
0: Asia Square, Ryan Huang? Always fun to be out and about and meeting the folks who tune in to us every day. A lot of listeners you to meet.
1: Yes. Hello, Mrs. Sue, who listens to us throughout the day. I think she listens to every single show.
0: Wow. Every single show from yeah. 6 a.m. all mm-hmm. the way till 9, 10. Wow. That's what
1: you call an ardent listener. I met a listener who has been listening... Um, for about ten years or so. So she's nice. been listening to me from way way back. Oh,
0: she's a Michelle fan, more than a money fan there.
1: Uh, no, Mrs. Sue has been listens to us throughout. Uh Sam. Sam has been listening for the last ten, twelve years.
0: Nice. All right. Yeah. Lots to listen to, of course. We cover everything from business and finance and a bit
1: in between here and there. Well, I'm the in between here and there. <laughs> <laughs> from 9am with the wonderful Dan Ko who is a little traumatized because we had to do a boomerang which involved Dan sort of getting down on yes, the dance floor
0: that viral video that's now making viral. it around yeah hip hop style <laughs>
1: Dan in pain. All right, lots of corporate and economic news to make sense of this morning. We're going to start with the corporate side of the equation. And regular listeners know we like to spice things up a little here on Market View. So we're going to check out the leading corporate stories this morning with a new game called What's Hot, What's Not? Ryan, are you ready? All right, let's go. Let's start. Our first entry is a chip maker. That is the world's biggest seller of smartphone processes. But it is also working to move beyond the smartphone market into PCs, cars, virtual reality headsets. I'm talking about Qualcomm. Ryan, the global market for smartphones has been soft these past two years. So tell us how Qualcomm is doing. Would you say it is hot or
0: not? It is hot in the sense that its results are actually pretty good. It blew away estimates for what it was supposed to do for that quarter by quite a fair bit. So let's take a look at those numbers. Uh, if you look at the fiscal first quarter revenue, that rose to $9.94 billion from $9.46 billion, and that's way above the $9.5 billion consensus forecast. So you've got revenue growing, and that's pretty much a sign that people want Qualcomm chips in their devices, which means they want devices. So mm-hmm. that's good news. Mm-hmm. All right, the not-so-hot thing about it is expectations of where things are going from here. And this is where I suppose people were hoping a bit too much. And if you look at expectations for what the market was looking out for, uh, this came at, A consensus forecast of 9.3 billion. Mm -hmm. So, what Qualcomm is forecasting is revenue come in at 8.9 to 9.7 billion. So, it's the midpoint of their forecast. And investors seem to be not liking it too much. Perhaps they were hoping to hear a more optimistic tune, but that does seem to weigh on a share price. Um, going by what we're seeing right now.
1: Okay, I'm going to take a view. So I'll say that Qualcomm officials, because they're highlighting their work on artificial intelligence, they're pointing to this new technology that they call Snapdragon, which is featured in smart Samsung phones, you know. And the technology has several AI features, including translation. So I'd say that is hot. And I think investors seem to think so as well. On a day when the rest of the market was down, Qualcomm shares finished up 1.7%. Our next entry today is a couple... Company that issue issues something many of us carry in our wallets. If you said credit card, you would be correct, my friend. And if you said MasterCard, you'd be spot on. So what do you think, Ryan? Is MasterCard hot
0: or not? It is hot for me. And this is coming through from its earnings, doing pretty good. And you've got forecasts beating expectations or at least the earnings beating forecasts and this is despite opting expenses going up so it's doing quite well because the u.s consumer is spending and it's not just mastercard it's also visa and this is a good reflection of how strong the spending sentiment is at least for mastercard so that is giving a boost for Mastercard,
1: yeah, I'll join you with that. I'm going to say Mastercard is hot. Mastercard's expenses grew significantly faster than expected in the fourth quarter; they jumped more than twenty percent. But the credit card giant's earnings have also come in above expectations. And on top of that, Mastercard's business in China may be set to take off thanks to a joint venture that's received a clearing license from the People's Bank of China. Next up on our corporate earnings parade, let us welcome the Danish drug maker. Nova Nordisk, all about helping people lose weight with Wegovy. Uh, is the stock hot or not?
0: Yeah, it's helping people lose weight, but is adding on some fat gains on its <laughs> profits. So it's reporting a 62% surge in profit, pretty much reflecting what's been going on in the past year. A lot of demand for these weight loss drugs, and they are looking to increase the supply of lower-dose strengths of WeGovi in the US Mm -mm. to maybe even open up more revenue streams. So it's an... A hot stock for me.
1: It is indeed hot for Novo Nordisk. It has become only the second European company to achieve market valuation of more than half a trillion US dollars, which means that it has surpassed the luxury goods company LVMH to become Europe's most valuable company. Also, Novo Nordisk's share price has jumped more than 65% over the past year, thanks in part to Yes We Govi. It also has another popular weight loss drug. It's called Ozempic. And these drugs help Fuel a 62% increase in the fourth quarter profits for the Danish drug maker. Wow. Our third company in focus this morning has been in the news quite a lot lately. Often... Not for the best reasons. I'm talking about Boeing, which has released its fourth quarter earnings, but it's also delayed offering any guidance for the year ahead. So what's the latest here?
0: Yeah, it's almost like a fasten your seatbelt sign coming on. Brace for turbulence because you don't know what is ahead. And that's pretty much what they are saying. We don't know what's ahead because there are so many moving parts. And it's pretty much all the viral pictures, videos, all the bad news that Mm. have been circulating around Boeing, a hole Mm -hmm. in the plane, things falling out, bolts, nuts. No, this is potentially going to bite it back in some form. Regulations, fines, extra scrutiny, investor confidence, reputational hit. But it's unclear to how much to what extent. So that's what they are bracing for in a year ahead. So... It's going to be a rough ride for Boeing, so not so hot for me.
1: I think an Associated Press headline really puts it best. So, AP writing Boeing cuts its fourth quarter loss to 30 million US dollars, but that was before one of its jets lost a panel in flight. So, on the one hand, Boeing did better in the fourth quarter, better than expected, but it still lost money. And it's going to take a while for Boeing's reputation and its business to recover following that airline incident, Alaska Airlines, last month when, we, you remember, a panel blew out in midair. So Boeing is definitely not hot in my book. Our next company in focus is the oil giant Saudi Aramco. Now, unlike our first three entries, Saudi Aramco has not released its earnings numbers, but the company does have Wall Street abuzz.
0: Mm, And this is because it's got a huge share sale on the cards. And this is where Saudi Arabia is planning to revive a follow-on offering, pretty much creating new shares to sell Mm -hmm. to the tune of $10 billion. And this... For context, four years ago, we saw Aramco raising $30 billion in the initial IPO. So you've got that in the mix, which means Saudi Arabia can potentially use more funds to diversify its economy and go spend it elsewhere. So it's going to be a hot stock to watch for me.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I can practically hear the investment bankers clinking their glasses on this one. If the Saudi Aramco share offering goes through it's going to be the largest in years with an estimated value of 10 billion us dollars so that is red hot the saudi government which owns 98 percent of the oil giant either directly or through a public investment fund is looking to raise funds for new projects both at home and overseas for example saudi arabia is reportedly interested in buying a 30 billion us dollar stake in the indian cricket league Now, whatever the funds will be used for, investors are not thrilled, though. Shares of Saudi Aramco fell 2% on the news yesterday. Uh, one more hot or not entry before we're going to move on US tech shares Now we talked about tech earnings on this show yesterday Alphabet and Microsoft's numbers both exceeded market expectations Though there was some concern about Alphabet's ad revenues So how are markets reacting to their earnings announcements?
0: Yeah, so AI is hot but tech stocks are not. That's pretty much the case here. And it seems like a case of expectations and also to some extent what's been priced in already. So it's being described as being priced into perfection where Mm. if you've got any sort of disappointment to whatever extent, it will mean people will find an excuse to sell. Which was what we saw in the latest session where the likes of Alphabet and Microsoft saw their share prices under pressure. Even though their latest quarter was pretty decent, uh, it did fall short on some fronts. Alphabet's advertising revenue was not that super. It did grow, but not to the extent that people were hoping for. Uh, Microsoft's results also missed on some fronts. So that's not taking away how well it did in cloud computing and other parts. So you've got, I suppose, misexpectations expectations weighing on their share prices. So not so hot for me, at least in the near term.
1: Yeah, perhaps it was a case of investors cashing in. Uh, prior to the earnings announcements, Microsoft was up 70% over the past year. Alphabet up more than 50%. Both shares suffered a sell-off overnight, but Alphabet was harder hit. Its shares fell 7.5%. Okay, let's turn from corporate news to the economy and more specifically to inflation and interest rates. Inflation in the U.S. is inching lower and it's coming closer to the Fed's target of 2%. In fact, over the past six months, if you factor out food and energy costs, inflation in the U.S. has actually slowed to 1.9%. So the Fed has looked at this data. Is it finally ready to lower interest rates?
0: Well, the short answer is no. Mm. <laughs> so it says it's not comfortable enough yet. And in essence, it's saying it wants, well, more good data rather than better data. So essentially, a sustainable trend of good data is better than better data. So it wants it to be very clear before it makes any commitment. So much so that it's not clear enough that much is the time to cut rates. So, pretty much pouring cold water on already dimming hopes of a March rate cut. Perhaps it's going to be pushed back.
1: Oh, well, investors sold off on the news. Stocks were already trending lower, but Jerome Powell's message that, well, a March rate cut is basically off the table, triggered even more selling. The Nasdaq dropped two and a quarter percent the S&P 500 and Dow Jones Industrial Average finished lower as well. Despite last night's losses, all three indices are chalking up gains for the first month of the year. They all rose about 1%. To 1.5% in January. So, what does the month of February historically have in store for
0: investors? Surprise, surprise. It's not a good month for stocks. Historically, (laughs) the month of February is a pretty below average month for stock returns. And I've got my own speculation why that could be the case. Uh So, let's get into the numbers first before we get into that. So, on average, if you look at how well or not February does every year, it is pretty much down most of the time. You've got the average for the Dow at least, a negative 0.2% monthly return. So, that's for the Dow. Mm -hmm. And for S&P 500, it's a negative 0.1% monthly return. And even more so, in a year of elections for some reason. So that's the historical trend. And I'm thinking it may be a case of people not having as much cash to spend on stocks as in other months because of Valentine's Day. (laughs) Things get really expensive on February the 14th. You know how it goes. Roses, dinner, and what have you, it all adds up.
1: Oh, I see, I see. I've never heard of this Valentine's Day effect. But remember, when we talk about February not being so great for investors, past returns are never a promise of future gains. So let's hope the same holds true for losses. In any case, the US markets do have a history of contracting in February, and perhaps that'll open up some buying opportunities. We bring the discussion to Singapore companies now, and for this, it is time for Up or Down. First up, the property developer, Guokolan, its portfolio includes a 558 um, unit development called Midtown Modern, which is being built near Beach Road, as well as big mixed use projects over in Shanghai and Chongqing. So, Gokulan's profit numbers for the second half of 2023 are in. Ryan, are they up or down? All
0: right, let's take a look at the numbers. It is up and it's up by 12% to $66.2 million. for the half-year ended December 31st. And a couple of reasons here. Uh, This is being cited as the factors coming through from both the property development and property investment segments, both jumped by double digits. So that helped with Gokoland's latest half-year. Indeed. So I'm going to give Gokolan an
1: up uh, on the back of that piece of news. Profits rising 12% during the first half of its fiscal year. Next up, let's look at Keppel Pacific, US. Pacific right. Oak US REIT, which owns 13 office properties over in the US.
0: Yep, we've got a couple of US exposure, US buildings um, in the portfolio. And this is a down for Capital Oak Pacific Pacific Oak Reed. So its portfolio valuation has dropped 6.8% to $1.3 billion. So not great news. And this was largely due to an increase in capitalization and discount rates as well as higher vacancy rates in this year. Mm -hmm. So this is um, something they're assuming for vacancy rates. All in, not a good look. And it is bracing for perhaps... More bad news to come. It has delayed the release of its second-half results.
1: Yeah, I join you with that uh, down call. Shares of Capital Pacific Oak, US reed. Quite a tongue twister, I have to say. Plunge as much as 25% in intraday trade yesterday before closing down 12%. Investors are selling off on news that the REIT's portfolio valuation has dropped nearly 7%. So definitely a down for me. Let's look at Keppel Infrastructure Trust.
0: All right, this one's a bit brighter. So (laughs) KIT is looking at a 123% higher Second half DPU because of a special distribution. And the good news is they don't think it's going to be one-off. There is potential for it to, well, recur again. So you might be due for further special distributions uh, as a possibility.
1: Investors should be cheering this news. Um, I'm going to give Keppel Infrastructure Trust an up as well. So Keppel Infrastructure Trust, by the way, is more than doubling its distribution payouts. It's unclear if this is a one-off or it's going to continue in future. REIT officials not ruling out the possibility of larger distributions in future. Don't we love the sound of that, investors? Next, let's look at Venture Corp.
0: All right, this is going to be an up for me coming through with news that Maybank has raised its target price for venture on higher order expectations. So that's good news. And that target price is now at $15.50 from $15.40. Right now, it's trading at around $13.41.
1: Maybank is raising that target price for Venture Corp to $15.50 a share. That is about 15% above Venture Corp's current share price. That bullish assessment contributes to, my belief, it's an up. We'll check in on local markets in just a moment. But first, some economic news. Retrenchments are on the rise here in Singapore. Which sectors are facing the worst layoffs, Ryan?
0: Yeah, this is not great news, but um, I suppose if you look at the numbers, it does paint a picture of what else is happening across the world, not just in Singapore, people being laid off in a couple of sectors. And this is um, quite reflective of how things are not changing at such a fast pace. Many companies are having to readjust to new realities. So if you look at retrenchments, they more than doubled from a year before. And the number last year was 14,000. 320, and we are talking about some of the more outward oriented sectors such as wholesale trade, IT services, and electronics manufacturing. So, not a great year for those sectors?
1: Well, uh, hopefully, um, you know the stats hold, and what we've seen is retrenchment workers typically, apparently, re-entering the job market within about half a year post retrenchment, and often in different sectors. So, you know, this brings to mind how important it is to upskill, reskill, make sure you have skills that transfer uh, across sectors. Always a good idea. The Straits Times Index finished marginally higher yesterday at thirty-one fifty-three. However, it closed out the month of January with a two-point-seven percent loss. DFI Retail was the worst performing. STI constituent during the first month of the year. It fell more than 16%. Citrium, not far behind. It chalked up a 15% loss. On the other side of the table, Yangtze Jung shipbuilding was by far and away the best performing blue chip during the first month of the year. It rose nearly 13% in January. Let's take a look at the clock. We're 26 minutes into the local trading day. Welcome, everybody. This is Your Money. I'm Michelle Martin. For our last word today, we have some pretty bad news for Taylor Swift fans and maybe One place in the world you won't be able to watch her, and that's TikTok. Swift's label, the Universal Music Group, is pulling all of its content off TikTok. This is part of a licensing dispute. So, UMG calling TikTok a bully. That's a pretty strong accusation. TikTok has counted though and says UMG is greedy. <laughs> uh, what do you make of this war of words Gosh. and loss of content on TikTok for Swifties?
0: So, one's a bully and one's greedy. You've got to figure out who is you know, correct. Maybe they're both correct. But anyways, um, it is quite a common running dispute right now among music labels and people trying to use their stuff them not being paid enough that's pretty much the essence of the entire thing so Universal Music its contract TikTok just ran out they couldn't figure out a deal they couldn't work out a deal and well you won't be able to hear Taylor Swift the likes of Drake Mm. and anyone under Universal Music on TikTok anymore so I'm not sure who loses out more because TikTok has other music anyways And the exposure won't be there for anyone who's from Universal Music.
1: Indeed, I agree with you. Who is going to be the biggest loser here? TikTok is a huge platform, a billion users. Imagine the potential for discovery and promotion, which um, Taylor Swift is losing out on. Uh, On the one hand, how long will this hold out for, you know, before we're, we're talking about Universal Music Group putting... Swift's music back on TikTok. Taylor Swift making a lot of headlines in the U.S. also as her fans wonder if she's going to make it back to the U.S. in time for the Super Bowl. That happens February 11th and as everybody knows, uh, thanks to the recent awards show, her boyfriend Travis Kelsey plays for the Kansas City Chiefs which is going to be competing for the title. Uh, Swift has attended Kansas City Games this season to root on her her boyfriend but she has a concert in Japan the night before uh, the Super Bowl which could make it tough for the game which is played out in las vegas a lot of uh, taylor swift flight details here need to be sorted out Uh, i wouldn't count her out though what do you think
0: yeah it's also a bit of a taylor swift effect happening there because a lot of people now watch those games for the cutaways whenever (laughs) her boyfriend gets a touchdown or whatever the camera pans to her somehow and then you just get a bit more excited and people just cheer louder and so on so there is that I guess uh, interesting phenomena.
1: Yeah, people can't stop swooning every time uh, Travis Kelsey says something to Swift that people uh, perceive as you know him dec- declaring his love for her. That's it. That's that's what they're starting to watch the games for. So interesting. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Have a wonderful Thursday ahead.
0: You too, Michelle. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.